Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast. I'm your host, Asa Smith. You are listening to the world's first and therefore greatest football, football mashup podcast. Um, We have a great show for you uh, this evening, this morning. I don't know when you're listening. Um, The Switzerland uh, game roster was dropped after we recorded. So just some, some brief thoughts on that, and then we'll get to our guests um, we got Greg Sardarian to talk about the Premier League and some stuff that's happening in France. And we've got Jonathan Dwarren to talk about Michigan State football and uh, how the Big Ten Conference is finally going to get be, uh, behind the Spartans. So briefly about the the uh, Switzerland roster, it's not the Nations League. It is a, an expanded 27-person roster. It doesn't have Zach Steffen. It doesn't have Christian Pulisic because they're in the Champions League final because that's what our, our kids do. Um but it's good. I mean, it's it's everybody you want to see. But most importantly, uh, from my point of view, Justin Che did accept a call up to that to that roster. Um, there has been talk in the last couple of weeks about him uh, trying to get on the German national team. Uh, Bayern Munich is looking to sign him permanently. I think currently he's on on loan from Dallas. So that's the big call up. And then uh, generally, you know, just everybody you sort of want to see from a Euro based roster is is there. Um, aside from obviously Pulisic and 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 Stefan, um, also there is uh, an appearance from Julian Green, who uh, had been out of the out of the conversation uh, in the last couple of years, but um, you know he's been playing well in the second Bundesliga over in Germany uh, and is looking at promotion. So happy to have Julian Green back in the fold. Happy to have Justin Che in the fold, and really excited to see the team. On May thirtieth, I guess that's uh, nine or ten days from now, uh, when they when they play Switzerland. So now we're going to get to our guests. First up, we've got Greg to talk a little bit about football. Greg, do I have you? You sure do, Coach. How's it going? It's going well. How are we doing on this Wednesday evening? And it actually is Wednesday this time. 
every day is Wednesday if you try hard enough. Well, that's certainly one way of looking at it. Uh, so we are, uh, in the evening of, of Wednesday, which means that we're done with the midweek premier league. We also have some off the pitch news from both, uh, from Tottenham and also from France. So, uh, were you able to catch any of the, uh, the Spurs game this morning? I caught the second half. Uh, so I came in when it was already two one and I saw every single dumb attempt to trip over themselves and somehow not score goals when there wasn't a goalie actually physically in front of the goal. So, so you had fun. You you enjoyed yourself. Uh, It was great. (laughs) So I, I I just need to, so what you missed in the first half and and what our, our dear listeners I'm sure missed was uh, Sergio Reggian, um, an own goal in which he literally, like it wasn't an own goal. Like, um, he, he got like Franzened where like someone kicked it at him and it went off of him into the goal. But like straight up, there was a ball that he was trying to clear and he just like sliced it square into the goal. Yep. I saw that on the replay and it took me a second to be like, well, how are they down to one? That was too good. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was. <laughs> um, and then and then the other one was like he tried to clear it and it. And- failed and it went straight to ollie watkins who scored i also saw that one like he tried to clear it and it went instead like what was it six yards eight yards from the net and ollie watkins just had to like dribble it in yeah yeah basically uh and now we have the wonderful situation in which spurs are playing a game against lester that lester must win to make champions league and if tottenham uh lose or even draw they're likely not even going to make the like europa conference league after being like a week ago or two weeks ago looking at a like a potential long shot bid for champions league so hooray for the ryan mason era yeah you start to wonder if maybe uh i mean i don't know if you want to say he lost the locker room but with uh Eri saying he wants out i don't know I could definitely see everybody just being like, well, why, what's the point of the rest of the season? Right. And I, and that gets to like the, the first bit of off the pitch news that, that I sort of wanted to discuss, which is uh, Harry Kane, for those of you who, who didn't pay attention, um, has like surreptitiously requested a transfer. Um, like it's, it's not like Anthony Davis saying I want to trade and then sitting on the sidelines in, in uh, like a Mickey Mouse t-shirt. Um, because it's British, so it has to be like passive aggressive and whatever. But well, it's, it's his agent, right? Who like his agent has like floated it out to teams that he is amendable to making the transfer. Because again, British can't. We just have to like do everything clandestinely, right? So you know, so given that, like, so Tottenham for the first time in I seven years, six years. Uh, is staring down the barrel of a summer in which they have no striker. Um, they apparently don't have a left back uh, because uh, Reggian plays for, for Villa, right? Like, we have to assume that at this point. Uh, I, without knowing Villa's uh, left back situation, I can't really say that confidently. <laughs> I mean, given his performance today, I mean, was he not playing for Villa? He scored... He scored two goals for Villa today. Well, uh, 
Yeah, I guess <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, I was gonna say like uh, Tottenham is gonna <laughs> Tottenham is gonna be a place to have a lot of playing time next year. So Villa might choose to, depending. I, I guess Villa is gonna um, is gonna make that decision based on you know what Grealish and those other guys do. If they think <laughs> that they can make moves, then maybe they call him back. But if it if it's just another loss season for them, like why not just have him? get his playing time it, it's it's gonna be a cascading ser- series of terror uh, yeah started by airy leaving and then i guess yeah the last time that tottenham wasn't really sure who the man up top was was when when uh gareth left right yeah so i i mean i think i think like i think kane sort of came on the scene in like 2013 or 2014 right around the time that uh gareth left uh, and you have to assume that now that Zinedine Zidane is is out at Madrid, like Bale's going to go back because he's why wouldn't he? Um, Tottenham's not going to be able to afford him because they have no Europe, and so now you're like you're staring at a season in which like okay, like we've got Sonny, that's huge. Um, Delhi, maybe like maybe Delhi's back. I mean, he played well today in, in what I saw, um, but like okay, what else are we looking at here? You know, Ndombele is definitely going to want out because he hasn't played, he hasn't started since uh, Josie left. Um, so I, I don't know what Spurs are looking at. Like, what what does this look like for them? Do, like, do they go like full rebuild or do, or are we just going to like go like full Detroit Lions win eight games and not make the playoffs every year? Uh, I believe first off that that is the Detroit Pistons trademark. Correct. Then, That's um, my fault. I mean, I, th- yeah, you can't go full rebuild with even. I mean, Spurs aren't going to have the Europe money, but they're still not, you know, a Newcastle or a tiny little club that's like getting by on a shoestring budget. They can like Arsenal, I assume. <laughs> yes, Arsenal moving forward. <laughs> the definition of stru- uh, shoestring budget. <laughs> I, you're, you're definitely so I don't think it's gonna be a full rebuild I think that they're gonna they're probably gonna go back to the Spurs model they're gonna go back to their academy see who they think they can get up or like see who they can get on a cheap transfer loan see who they can build up and then they're gonna sell them to Madrid <laughs> City for 200 million euros um I mean if if Kane, but that's the thing is that if they actually do sell Kane I mean it's not gonna be for a discount so you know that's good. That 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 sweet sweet Emirati or Qatari money is going to is going to fill the coffers. So um, you know, like who knows? Maybe maybe there is money to spread spread around, um, but you you don't just replace Harry Kane, right? If, and if you could, you would. I mean, I I don't know if I would also. I don't know how confident I would be that they're not going to let him go for a discount. I, it might not be a big discount, but if if he wants out, they might not try and hold on to him and like make him come back. But they could, I mean, they could talk him into it because look at what happened to Messi last summer. Messi went out. Messi was taking meetings. <laughs> he realized he couldn't really get out from underneath that contract. So then he had to come back and kind of play nice and say, like, this was the plan all along. I just wanted them to know I was serious. And do you know how, do you know how serious he, he made them, uh, he made them understand? Um, they sold Luis Suarez for like a quarter. That was before. Oh, right. Good call. Um, but I, no, I think that like, even, even if they, they don't want to bring him back, um, they don't want to force him back. I think that there's enough interest 
um, even just within the Premier League, because I think that he probably wants to stay in England. Um, you know, both of the Manchester's are gonna are gonna shell out for him. I think I read a report that Chelsea was also sniffing around. So you know, right there, you've got you've got Glazer money, you've got Abramovich money, and you've got Emirati money. So like the holy trinity of ill-gotten gains are willing to to pony up for this. Yeah, I mean, I saw the report that that City is very interested in him, and I think City kind of makes the most sense. Because Chelsea, Chelsea would be admitting that they fucked up last summer. We uh, all, everybody knows it. Everybody knows. Yeah, but there's a there's a certain pride thing to that, and like trying to like maintain face. And then United, I I could see it, but United, I'm not necess- I'm not necessarily sure what direction United wants to go. I could definitely see uh, City needing wanting the next like striker that they can get, like. I mean, United did just resign Cavani, so they don't. Right, they don't. They don't need a starting striker. They have one. Um, but City, I mean, like it does make a lot of sense. You know, Aguero's leaving. Um, you know, none of their other guys that they've been playing up top, are, I, I think, are super natural there. You know, Jesus is, but you know, is he Harry Kane? No. Um, and and Harry Kane, even even in that role of dropping deep, that that City and and Pep seems to love. Um, you know, I think I think that it would sort of be a natural fit. Now, that's that's not to say that it's as natural fit um, between Deli Alley and the Guardiolas. Like, I think that that fits in really, really deeply and really nicely. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, uh, I'm not touching that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't we don't talk about Pep Guardiola's daughter on this podcast. Um, so, so the other big of uh, of big news this sort of week i guess it was this week I, time is meaningless um but kareem benzema out of the wilderness back in the french squad why is that funny coach all right first off i'd like to point out that i tried to give you the perfect setup for a segue mentioning edison cavani and you couldn't take me from french striker to french striker uh, uh to be fair i really really wanted to uh make that joke and i had written it down like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> By 20 minutes ago? Do you mean three days ago? I did. On yes. Yes. Okay. So Kareem Benzema. Uh, <laughs> next in our history of shithead football, football players. Uh, Kareem's got a little bit of a history. And uh, so him coming back to the French national team, especially at this period of time, is pretty funny. So let's run down the smaller controversies really quickly uh, before we do anything else. So in like 2009, when he would have been like, math is hard, but I think he'd have been like 22-ish, somewhere in there? Uh, 21, 22, yeah. Somewhere in there. Okay. So he got arrested along with a, another French player in a prostitution ring breakup. So now, As the, you do. The funny thing is uh, the alleged, not the alleged woman, because it happened. Uh, the woman <laughs> was 17. Ah. Uh, no, the French, the French age of consent is 15 and prostitution is legal in France, except if they're under 18. So, dude, so he actually did end up getting off because, uh, we know he got off. He went to a prostitute. No, 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 no. Uh, he admitted to it, but (laughs) I, I, I knew it as soon as I said it. 
He yeah. admitted to it, but because uh, they couldn't prove that he knew her age, he managed to not like face real consequences for that. His other kind of smaller uh, controversy is that so he's out. His parents are both Algerian, and they moved to France. So he is he was born in France. He is French, right? But somebody asked him about playing for national teams, uh, and he said something along the lines of, "Well, my heart is with Algeria, but." France is the better team, so I'm going to stay with the French national team. And Wikipedia notes that this is a controversy and people were <laughs> upset, but I honestly don't know which which side was upset, because it doesn't mention it. I don't know if it's the French people for being like, well, you have no loyalty to us. You're really Algerian. Or if it was the Algerians for being like, hey, <laughs> wait a minute. Do you know what I think? I think the funniest part, I mean, obviously like the Algerian part of being like, if, if the Algerians were vaguely offended that the French national team was better, I don't know what to say. But the idea that the French would be like, oh, man, it's so offensive that he doesn't see himself as French. He sees himself as Algerian. When the only reason he's he's living in France is because France decided Algeria was part of France some years ago is is an irony that is that is a little probably lost on on France, which is apparently the no germany is the alabama of, of europe but the, the england is the alabama of europe <laughs> i uh, think europe is a, in a lot of ways the alabama of europe right but and also like the two no two of the three best players on the world cup the french world cup team that won the world cup were um like they're french but their their parents were born in africa and they Emigrated to France and they played for France, uh, which is fine. I mean, like, like there's like some messed up colonialism about the whole damn thing, but whatever. Yeah, but that fits within the rules. All right. What? So, <laughs> the biggest controversy and why it's funny that Benzema uh, is back playing for the national team in 2015. Uh, Karim Benzema was accused, later charged, with helping to extort his national team teammate. Uh, Mathieu Valbuena. Oh, well, and, and certainly he's back in the in the squad. So this happened in 2015. So I, I'm sure that it, it, it never went to like a DA or something, right? Uh, you would be incorrect. Now, so there was some controversy at the time because Valbuena basically went on TV and said, like, I'm okay with playing with, with Kareem. Like, no hard feelings, no big deal. Even though there was pretty good evidence that Benzema was involved because Benzema was the best striker in France. And Valbuena was like a good player, but kind of like borderline. So he thought that any feud with Benzema would preclude him from seeing call-up time. So I guess France, to their credit, looked at the situation and said, well, no, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're not going to suspend the guy that's like... <laughs> Being blackmailed. <laughs> yeah. So they suspended Benzema and they said, okay, no more... No more coming up to the national team. Uh, and that was in 20... I don't know if that was late 2015 when they actually suspended him or early 2016, but he's been suspended for a while. Right. He was, not part, he was not part of the 2018 World Cup team. He was not. Big miss for, I guess, him per- professionally and personally. Probably um, personally more than professionally. Madrid don't care. <laughs> okay, so then it gets... Funnier though, because as as you were kind of alluding to, uh, it's not just that he was questioned or that he had to go in front of a judge and give testimony. Uh, he was charged 
And okay. his trial begins, I believe it's next month in June. So. Is it, are the Euros happening in June? Uh, they would be. So I don't really know if I, like, are you, first off, it's funny that they, they still have their principles for uh, six years. And I think Valbuena since retired because he was a little bit older than Benzema to begin with. But um, they still have their principles for like five or six years through a World Cup. They went to the World Cup without the guy that like people thought was their best striker, won it. And then now they, now they decide to like for the Euros after their, the guy who ended up being their best striker uh, they discovered in 2018 in killing Mbappe. So they decided, no, 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 we need Kareem back. We know that he's going to be in the news for actually standing trial for <laughs> attempting to extort his teammate, but we need a backup striker badly. And, and, and the funniest thing about this is that it's not like, it's not, and I, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little crap about us, but like if America lost Christian Pulisic to, um, to extortion, which he would never do because he's a great guy. Like, yeah, we would probably be like, look, we, we got to do what we got to do. You're France. You've got other guys. <laughs> like, Olivier Giroud is not dead. Uh, Edison yeah, Cavani, no. they're not, they, they are still playing for the best teams in Europe. I mean, arguably. But, you know, like, the, the decision-making matrix here is, is just hilarious because Kareem is, he's not young. He's 33. Yeah, he's 30. Someone's an asshole. Someone in the French national team is an asshole. They're like, I'm sorry. You're going to need to be more specific because you said asshole and French national team. And I think that that overlap is almost a perfect circle with the apologies to N'Golo Conte because he would never. And Hugo Lloris. We love Hugo. Um, Yeah, but I'm not convinced he's not an asshole. He's after watching that uh, that Netflix or I guess it was Amazon that they had about like the all or nothing about him yeah. or about about Spurs. One time he yelled at Sonny and I was like, I, I was going to say he yelled at Sonny. So like that's kind of a big that. mark against you. Yeah. I like who, who, who that's like yelling at a puppy, but yeah. a puppy who's like one of the best wingers in the world. Right. That's like <laughs> coming back to it, making it full circle. That is probably the second largest like uh crime you can commit in football after yelling at N'Golo Conte. Like, right, like nicest people in football is N'Golo Conte, slightly lower, uh, Sonny, and then much, much lower uh, most of the rest of Europe, and then even lower is Jamie Vardy, and then if you go down to the floor, that's where you find Kareem Benzema. <laughs> and like, there's wait who who and 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 at the floor actual floor is 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 Latan Ibrahimovic. He's yes. the actual. Well, he's an amusing asshole, but yes, correct. There is no denying that. And he's like an he, asshole, right? Like he's not like the I'm going to extort my my friends and teammates asshole. He's like the going going into a locker room, looking around and saying, "None of you are as good as me," and walking out. And that, that's hilarious. I don't know if that's ever happened. I assume it has. I think it has. He also took out a full-page ad in the uh, LA Times when he went to the Galaxy saying, like, the king, the king has arrived. Keep in mind that LeBron James, I believe, had already signed with the Lakers. Uh, and, and they have never had any disputes in public. Uh, no. They ever. get along famously. <laughs> uh, well, uh, 
Greg, that was fun. Uh, this weekend, we have a ton of games, a ton of games. Everybody playing, uh, I think, at, at 11. Like, everybody plays at the same time. Yeah, that's they usually do it on the last weekend just so that, like, people can't right. see what the other uh, results are and, like, tank a game if you just need a, a tie or something. So, right. basically, exactly uh, what, Ted, what Ted Lasso depicted for that last game of the year, uh, they – try very hard to avoid that exact scenario right um so we'll uh we'll be back with that i assume spurs will lose to leicester i assume that everton will win and thus we get a season in which uh tottenham finishes below arsenal i think for the first time in like six years so get stoked uh do i have to get stoked or do i have to go to stoke uh only on yeah i have six days i'm fine Right. Well, as we've established, every day is Wednesday. Damn it. Never, never go to Stoke. All right. Every day uh, is Wednesday and all the backs are right. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you after the Spurs have been, uh, you know, solidified mid-table. Looking forward to it, Coach. All right. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and, well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out? Completely free. Completely free. But they say nothing is free. Well, apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the Anchor app. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's like you got to have some like super complicated studio or editing software, right? You know, I can't say that confidently, but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts, I'm fairly confident any moron can do it. Well, you know, any, any moron can do it because, again, I do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can. I can. I don't really know how to edit. But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa. Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg Burrett. Who, who I assume listens. Does, do, do we have confirmation that Greg Burhalter listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need a second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just, Greg. that's incredibly wrong. Um, but, you know, people listen to our, our podcast and they, they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It, it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. <laughs> well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. What more do you need than those three? 
right? Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What, what do you want? Um, so here's, here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pray, paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're, we're, we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So, do you want to do you want to do, do the call to action, or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So, dear for listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore and underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream. Jonathan, do I have you? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We are doing good. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, we are uh, we're here to talk some some pigskin. Uh, I guess the biggest news, you know, at least in in our world, and and longtime listeners of the pod know that we're we're Michigan State fans here, um, and I, I think that this is huge news. Uh, transfer coming in, Powers Warren, who is the son of the commissioner of the Big Ten which I just think is, is galaxy brain by, by coach Tucker. I agree completely uh, to the point where I'm wondering on how many dimensions Tucker is playing this one. Um, it's, it's worth noting it is a preferred walk-on spot, right? So um, effectively Kevin, Kevin Powers is paying Mel Tucker for his kid to go to school at Michigan state. I, I see no problems with this, uh, especially after like, and I know, you know, I, I hesitate to use the Red Cedar message board as any sort of authority, but there was always that sort of that sentiment that that the Big Ten and Jim Delaney weren't huge fans of Michigan mm-hmm. State University, mm-hmm. whereas Kevin Warren, I like you said, is literally paying Michigan State. Sure. And and the other thing that that I think is important to think about is so so rarely do teams have any form of leverage against against the league right you think of all of the times a call has been blown and a, a last second or there has been an unnecessary suspension or or you just felt like there's been a poor shake there's never been an opportunity for a coach to hire to fire essentially for for a minor transgression right 
Um, so I think I think having a pawn in this game is really important as as MSU continues their bagman endeavors. Yeah, I mean we we just got to like I I think at least in the in the in the t- Detroit area um, like for so long like Michigan State have been the bad guys right like even going back to before our time like oh Tony Mandrich they're all they're all juicing and he was but. You know, like like that's been sort of the the refrain amongst the MGO bloganati. Mm. Uh, so like, let's do it. Fine, yeah. What's up? Keep yeah, up. But, and and you you have to also appreciate it. It, it taps in IMG pipeline as well. Um, and it is a, it's probably realistically another player who who was better and and worthy of a scholarship come compared to a lot of the players who are on our roster during the last football season. Right. And, and not to, to badmouth anybody, but there's a little bit of a one for one here. Like, would you rather Powers more uh, Powers Warren or, you know, Tommy Guajardo? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I butchered that name, but like, you know, in terms of t- size, in terms of pedigree, in terms of where they're coming from, you know, I, I don't see that as a loss, but we, we bank the scholarship. Sure. And, and you certainly don't think that Mel Tucker sees it as a loss. Um, the, the ability to to do a, such a clean house on this roster. Um, if I wasn't also a Pistons fan, I would be more surprised by it. But but truly going in into this next season, um, one with fans for the first time with be a complete roster overhaul from from the last time we've seen these guys. So it's it's something exciting. It's and I, I think you're exactly right. It plays into this trend that we're seeing of of upgrading the pedigree of players, upgrading the athleticism of players, the size of players, and also tapping into to places that we haven't typically gotten recruits, right? Um, so I, I think um, we we will probably see fewer Dearborn Divine Child recruits on the Michigan's. <laughs> I think, um, I think that's, that's likely correct. And, and you know what? I got to say, like, I'm not a huge fan of Divine Child. I, I lost a, a state title to Divine Child. I think we both did, yeah. Yeah, we did. So no love for Divine Child uh, in Dearborn, Michigan. But talking about IMG a little bit, you know, just to talk about, and I, I don't want to talk too much about recruiting because I feel icky talking about 16-year-olds. But um, I think the entirety of IMG is going to be in East Lansing at the end of June um, for, for various forms of official or unofficial visits, which is which is just not something you saw under D'Antonio. Um, Correct. You know, these these sort of like massive events in which it's like, we're going to make this fun. We're going to make this a joy, you know, and we don't care if you're, if you're committed to Florida state, you know, we don't care if you're committed to Kentucky, come on, come on, come on campus. And Oh, by the way, there's a, a, a McDonald's bag there. Uh, do with it what you want. You also have to appreciate the ability to get kids on campus this summer and, and sell them on the pure Michigan experience. Right. Um, yeah, this I mean, isn't, this- this is going to, to be uh, Bradenton, Florida, in the middle of summer, 90 degrees. This is going to be pure Tim Allen narrating the entire experience. Um, <laughs> East Lansing in the summer, dairy store ice cream on a hot day. I think there's something to sell uh, that isn't that isn't just Zoom chats with brand new coaches who you haven't met before. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And, and you know, the quality of player who, who, who are coming is, is just much different i'll say you know i i don't think that the last staff is going to bring in you know athletes from from dematha catholic in in baltimore or 
suburbs of Baltimore. Um, you know, I, I don't think that those kids are coming. So I, I guess aside from Darian Harris, but um, <laughs> who yeah. is now the one recruiting all of those kids, but, right. um, but you know, I think, I think it's, a, it's an exciting time. Um, but to, to go a little bit towards the, the actual, the players on campus, the season that, that we have coming up, I figured um, now's as good a time as any to, to really talk about various parts of the offense. And I, I think talking about position groups is stupid because, you know, you can talk about wide receivers all day, but if you don't mention the quarterbacks, it doesn't matter. And we saw that mm-hmm. last year, you know, Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, um, Matt Dotson, when he wasn't injured, you know, these are, these are talented pass catchers, but we just didn't have the quarterbacks to get them the ball. So I wanted to talk a little bit with you about the passing game, you know, sort of all, all inclusive, um, you know, from the, from the pass, from the pass blocking to the, mm-hmm. to the, the, players catching the ball to the, the people throwing the ball you know including running backs because I think I think that we are going to see a little bit of of throwing it out of the backfield if, if especially if Thorne's the quarterback um Russo doesn't seem to believe in checkdowns based on you know one practice that we've seen with him and four years of Temple um yeah so, so what do you think about that I mean let's start first with who do you think is the quarterback you know day one and I, yeah. I think game one is Northwestern I need to look that up a lot of people are pointing to Peyton Thorne. I'm still not convinced that we brought in Anthony Russo to just be a, a very competent backup. I think when you consider the type of offense that we're hoping to get out of this team next year, we're basically going to hope to just see the the Michigan-Michigan State game from last season every single week, right? Where uh, mix of play action, but in, in reality, we're just huck it, chuck it football and moving it down the field. Um, I think we want to use the the run to set up the pass, but definitely having that big playability and moving the ball downfield in big chunks of yardage, something, again, we haven't really seen in a decade. I think that's going to be the type of thing that we're looking for. And I think that, that the big arm of Russo with time is going to be able to deliver that in a way that Peyton Thorne might not be able to, but I'm always wrong about these things. <laughs> I mean, to, to, to be fair, you know, I think Peyton Thorne was, would have been like, and, you know, counterfactuals and whatever, but if Peyton Thorne comes on campus in 2000, let's say 14, I think that he's a wildly successful Michigan state quarterback. I think that he was exactly what the old staff wanted. I think that he, you know, he can get you mm-hmm. 40 yards a game on the ground with his legs. He can, he's not going to make that massive, massive mistake. Um, because he doesn't push the ball downfield too much. Um, I do feel like we we need to mention, and this isn't, we don't have any inside information. I'm not breaking anything here, but, um, you know, talking about the Michigan-Michigan State game and, and the, the central wide receiver in that game, uh, we do not expect Ricky White to be on the roster uh, in the fall. Is that correct? Oh, uh, that's the last I've heard of the situation. But again, I have no, I have no inside information on the matter. Yeah, so... Um, but I don't think wide receiver depth is necessarily what makes or breaks this passing game. I think the the thing that is going to end up making the biggest difference in the world is whether or not a quarterback has enough time to drop into the pocket and make a read. Um, Downfield, absolutely. And I think yeah. I think that, that that's where you, you, you start talking about, you know, regardless of whether it's Russo or Thorne, um, you know, Thorne has, has a little bit of happy feet. But, you know, we only saw him as a freshman, so um, – you know, I think that that you look up and down that offensive line, you know, from a pass blocking perspective, um, I, I don't think that we're at, le- at least me. I'm not all that concerned because 
even even during the depths of the of the Michigan State offensive line half decade that we've been through, they're always competent at pass blocking. It was that they mm-hmm. were 280 pounds and they couldn't move anybody in the run game. Correct. Um, so, you know, I, I don't expect under Kapilovich for that to regress. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I would expect that that horse will be a huge upgrade over, you know, and, and I. Yeah, I think as longtime listeners of the pod know, we're both bullish on the offensive line this year. And, and I think sure. that's that's going to be the area where we're seeing the biggest improvements. And, and you're right to, if there is one position group where you really can do it, break down on a, on a position wide basis, it probably is the lineman um, and offensive lineman is going to be the single most important uh, group facing our season this year. Really uh, we go as they go. Um, and I think hopefully we're not foolish to expect improvements out of it. But um, if we do see the types of, of growth and progress, out of the offensive linemen that you and I are both expecting. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot uh, more entertaining of a football season than we did last year. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and I don't think that that, that expectation, we're not expecting them to be, you know, a, a, a top group. I think we're expecting average, like, mm-hmm. like big 10 average. Like if they are the seventh or eighth best group in the big 10, I think we both would be like, yeah, fine. Correct. Like, that's, that's all we need here. Um, you know, and, and talking about that a little bit, uh, you know, you mentioned wide receiver depth is not an issue here. Uh, I agree. And we, you look at the, the players who, who Tucker brought in, um, through the portal, they're all of a type and that type is not what is currently on the roster. So, you know, the, 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 the two or three wide receivers that we have that are, that are top of the top of the depth chart, I think as of now, you know, you have Naylor, you have Reed and you have Mosley. Um, Naylor and Reed are, are fast. That's what they do. They're fast. Um, mm-hmm. and Mosley's, Mosley's a, a route technician. You know, he's, he's going to get open because he runs good routes, not because he's a burner and not because he's huge, but you look at, at Fitzpatrick, you look at Carr. These are big bodied guys who can go up and get the ball. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you also look at, at the type of tight end. Uh, that we're envisioning bringing in. And it's, again, a completely different type of player than we've had on on the roster. It's no longer uh, it's no lo- longer a borderline right guard who we've just kind of moved over right. into like the weird hybrid position. It is, it is a real athlete there who can, who can not only block, but make you pay in the pass game as well. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I, I think that that's, that's such an, an intriguing aspect of, of the passing game now is that you, you can run a situation in which you have your inside receivers being Malik Carr and Christian Fitzpatrick and your outside receivers being Reed and Naylor. Mm-hmm. And, and what are you doing? You know, like, where is the matchup there? Like, are you going to single cover um, your outside receivers at which point fine, like we'll live with that. Or are you going to ask your safeties to, to single up on 230 pounds of, of Malik Carr? <laughs> Which fine, okay. Like we 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 finally are having these these um these matchup wins that I I I really don't remember the last time we had at at wide receiver or tight end. You know, you're probably going mm-hmm. back to to the pre D'Antonio era. I mean, maybe Mark Dell, I guess. But um, you know, BJ Cunningham, as great as he was, he was not a a one on one guy. Yeah, I mean Tony Lippett, right? Um, sure. Tony and Felton Aaron. Davis in the in the glimpses we got of him was certainly a, a go up and get it kind of guy, but yeah, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's right. We, uh, uh, um, but I think the the last thing I want to talk about in terms of the past game, you know, just just as we've touched on it briefly, is something that you and I have talked about extensively, and it's upset us for now three years about the fact that um, Hayward is not a running back. And gets the ball on handoffs when really he has, you know, there, there's been talk for what, two or three years now about him having the best hands of anybody on the team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how he needs, he needs to be in that, in that space, you know, getting matchups with linebackers and, and going because he does have straight line speed and he does have good hands, but it feels like we've, we've left this weapon sort of in the, in the, in the closet and we haven't used it. So that's, that's the thing that I'm most looking forward to like if we can get something out of Hayward in the passing game you know to the tune of two or three catches a game I think that that's massive mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think in in some ways having the the Hayward as an asset is overshadowed by the the quality of the slot receivers on the roster as you mentioned the the strength of, of that group is really the the short fast guys who can run those quick routes similar to what Connor Haywood can offer so I could see Right. Uh, if we had a, a similar level of talent as we did when RJ Shelton was was being moved around on both handoffs and and catches, it would be a little bit more necessary. But I think right now the issue is is because was so weak for the last few years, you you didn't really have to respect those handoffs from Hayward. You you either assumed he or you assumed he'd be able to stuff it down the middle either way. Um. So it just wasn't a very uh, usable or valuable um, situation and kind of exactly as mentioned put him out out there three four times getting a few catches out of it and just keeping the the defense honest out of having someone catching the ball out of the backfield yeah and and we um we also expect i think to a to a lesser extent that harold joiner is going to be able to do that but it's it's tough to say we don't really know um exactly what his role will be um, you know, there was talk on on the message boards of him being like a quasi Percy Harvin type or, you know, mm-hmm. RJ Shelton is probably more familiar um, to those in the Michigan State world. But, um, you know, I think I think that that the more we more options and the more weapons we have uh, to get the ball to, you know, I think I think that you're just you're just going to see an offense that is not as stuck in the mud, which I think mm-hmm. is, is what what we've seen for. Really, since what? Since 2015, when when we had that rash of, of offensive line injuries, and it was sort of the offense was Connor Cook uh, taping it together with grit and uh, you know so much hatred. <laughs> I, I I feel like it was like he did it out of spite. <laughs> yeah, uh, purely pure, pure spite. Pure pure spite. We we do love us and Connor Cook though. So, all right, I think Friend that that's a. Uh, you know, a pretty good, a pretty good assessment of the uh, the passing game. In a couple of weeks, we'll we'll talk running game. We'll talk a little bit more in depth with the with the offensive line. But just sort of as a as a preview, um, you know, I think I think that you've watched a little bit and you've looked into it a little bit. But how, like, on a scale of like one being, uh, you know, uh, a walk on who who came from your high school, ten being uh, Cedric Irvin's son committing. How excited are you? with for for kenneth walker for kenneth walker i think uh the hype on kenneth walker has been extremely positive and i think unfortunately my only my brain has been rotted to the core so that whenever i think of wake forest football i am limited to only thinking about the uh 
uh, the 2019 Pinstripe Bowl. Um, that was fun. And so I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Kenneth Walker is a quality player, and I'm sure that many, many players on Wake Forest are are good people and and strong <laughs> athletes. But for me, whenever I I consider Wake Forest football, my my brain just goes back to that game, and it's hard for me to get excited about anything. Um, period. Uh, the late I'm worried day. that'll carry on for the rest of my day now. <laughs> the the late D'Antonio era, sapping joy and excitement since 2018. It's so um, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks about uh, why we will be able to average more than three yards a carry for the first time since like 2014. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Asa. Uh, all right. Thanks. Go green. Go away. Thanks so much to both of our guests tonight. Um, That's all the time we have for this edition of the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, We'll probably have an Instagram eventually. We don't right now, but we're going to get on that. Um, And we will be back uh, next week with some review of the the weekend, uh, the last match day of the Premier League, uh, as well as um, a preview of the Champions League final. Um, Once again, I'm Asa Smith. You can find us on Twitter at TLS underscore N underscore TDS and wherever podcasts are sold. So give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us five stars or whatever the, the rating system is on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much. Podcast Network.